Today, my guest is Dr. Jason Monipur from the USA, Santa Monica. Dr. Jason Monipur is a highly appreciated holistic dentist at Holistic Smiles LA, USA. He began his professional pursuits at the University of California, uh, Los Angeles. As a holistic dentist, Jason takes a natural approach to dentistry. He understands the, the complex relationship between oral health and the whole body health. Jason loves educating his patients on the importance of healthy living and optimal oral hygiene. Thanks, Jason, for being our guest today. Thank you for having me, Ben. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this topic. Our topic today is holistic dentistry with metal-free fillings. But before we dive into this topic, I'd like to ask you one question, Jason. Sure. Um, when did you know, actually, that you wanted to become a dentist? You know, that's a great question. I um, Growing up, it, it's funny, I found myself taking apart electronics and putting them back together, basically working with my hands. Uh, one time I came across this projector TV. I think it was like a, a huge 50-inch TV screen, and the screen was shattered. And I was bored one day as a kid, and I just took a screwdriver. I started taking apart this television, and I, I successfully put it back together. Um, I, I've done this many times, just working with my hands. So when I, you know, thought about dentistry as a, it's a, a job that I'd be working with my hands, and I get to help people better their lives, uh, it really resonated well with me. Um, so. That's when that's when it all started. To be honest, just growing up, always working with my hands. Yeah, I I, I had I had the same experience, but every time I collect the pieces together, it never worked. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I know exactly. Oh, I I'm not the guy for this. So yeah, it, taking apart is easy. Putting together is not very easy sometimes. I, I kind of remember once with my grandpa. I said, "Hey, I will fix your video recorder." And he was so happy until I, I really messed it up and bought a new one. So, <laughs> but uh, let's let's dive into the topic. Uh, Jason, what encouraged you to pursue holistic dentistry? So that's a great question. Um, I actually fell into it accidentally. I was looking for a job as a general dentist. And um, a friend of mine introduced me to um, a representative from Henry Schein who knew of a dentist that was looking for an associate. Um, this, he was a, this Japanese dentist, he's a holistic dentist for the past 20 years. And uh, his name's Dr. Chester Yokoyama. He is who taught me about holistic dentistry. And I worked with him for a couple of years and he showed me everything. And this is something that I did not know about before. So uh, they didn't teach this to me in school. I didn't know such a thing existed. Um, and he taught me all about holistic dentistry. And when I learned about it, it resonated very well with me because this is the type of dentistry that I would want for myself in my mouth and my own body understand so you mentioned jason so there is no topic in the curriculum where you where you where let's say where in the ucla where they teach as um holistic approaches or something like that it's just something you know so ucla was my undergrad nyu was my dental school ah, okay. and okay. they taught nothing about holistic dentistry in dental school at least my program understand and what are the main different parts you 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 figured out working with um um this um um i i i didn't get his name what was his name oh, his name is chester yokoyama chester yokoyama what 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 was 
what was the difference? What do you, what, what are the parts where you say, Hey, that makes sense. And I didn't get that. So um, there's some of the things that are different, for example, are the main thing is handling mercury fillings. So amalgam fillings that contain mercury um, generally before holistic dentistry, if a patient ever had one of those fillings, we would just drill them to remove them. And when you drill on an amalgam filling, mercury is released at high amounts into the immediate environment. This does get inhaled by the patient and the dentist and the assistant, anyone in that room, and it becomes into our system. This can be measured by a blood test to find out what your mercury levels are at. Um, so um, the IAOMT, are you familiar with the IAOMT? Um, no, 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 no. Um, they're the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. They set out um, a way to remove these mercury fillings and not be affected by it. So that includes the patient breathing through um, an oxygen, uh, have, they have an oxygen tank with oxygen. Uh, the tooth is isolated with a rubber dam. The patient will rinse with charcoal water before and after the procedure. This helps bind any free radicals. Um, there's suction in the mouth, high-speed suction of the tooth, and a hood for ventilation just above the patient's face. And the dental assistant and dentist wear special masks also. So this protects everybody from the mercury inside that amalgam filling. So you're following, following a strict protocol. Um, a little bit of a, let's say, an um, um, outsider uh, question, because um, how many tools you can, or how many amalgam fillings you can replace, because there's always some quicksilver release. Is this, or that, with this protocol, you can do more than, I don't know, is there a limit how many you can do at once? That's a great question. Essentially, I like to do one quadrant at a time at maximum. So maybe usually I think the most I've ever done is four teeth at a time, as long as they're next to each other, because we have the teeth isolated. The whole setup is set up. You know, the patient with the oxygen mask and the hood ventilation, it does take a while to set up. So um, when we do everything set up, we can do one quadrant at a time. I also like to only do one quadrant at a time because when we restore, it's very important to restore back to um to have the occlusion be as similar as possible to before it was. When we work on one quadrant, it's a lot easier to adjust once we put in the proper filling, make sure the patient is stable and comfortable. Then we can move on to another area of the mouth. Um, you know, one time before I did do, you know, I did like, let's say the lower right quadrant and the lower left quadrant, and then we were done. And then we didn't know, you know, the bite felt off. Is the left side? Is it the right side? It makes it more difficult to reestablish equilibrium with the patient. So I kind of like to do quadrant at a time for that reason. And to this protocol, are there something, um, I don't know, nutrition the patient has to take then after to, um, I don't know, to remove flexible from the body or is there something, um, um, a medical treatment afterwards or How does this protocol um, end for the patient so that there's no quicksilver amount in the body? No, no is not really, but less, let's say. Uh, so that's a great question. Um, no, there's no protocol instilled for that. Um, I believe that this method is very secure in that no mercury is getting into the patient. As a backup, there is the, the um, charcoal rinse before and after. So the charcoal helps bind any free radical mercury in the area. Um, so no, there's no diet that's needed. 
That being said, if a patient wanted to, there is a specific diet that a patient can eat to help reduce the amount of mercury in the body. Um, and that can easily be found if you just Google search um, a metal detox diet. Okay, okay. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah. What fillings do you use for, for the replacement? That's a great question. I use either a, a BPA-free composite or a porcelain. Um, generally speaking, I, I determine based off size of the filling. Mm -hmm. If it's a smaller filling, I like to choose a composite. Um, it's a lot easier to manage and handle. It's easier for the patient. It gets the job done, and it's perfect. That's what I would do for myself. If the, if the size of the filling is very large, um, then I'm concerned more about shrinkage of a composite, and I prefer to have the lab make me a unit, and they'll make this out of an Emax ceramic material, which is a lot stronger. Understand, understand. Um, I, yesterday was funny. Um, I, my wife and I had a talk, and my wife has one, one tooth is, uh, has an amalgam filling. And I think it's the upper right premolar. Uh, uh -huh. No, nah, I think premolar. And, and she, um, she don't like it because it's really, I mean, when she smiles and really has a bright smile. And so um, it, it's a really black, it's dark. It, 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 it's aesthetic reason, but there is no, so it, it doesn't hurt. There's no infection, something like that. It's really only because she, she don't like it because of the aesthetic part. And, and, and she was thinking about removal. And I say, ah, I'm not sure if you should remove it when it's not infected, something like that. What is your approach on that? That's a great question. So if there's any reason that the patient wants it removed, like aesthetic, that's a reason to look into getting it removed. So um, I would be more curious about taking an X-ray, a bite wing in particular, and see how deep is this filling. Um, if it's very deep and it's really, really close to the nerve, then there may be a risk of a pulpal exposure and the patient may need root canal or extraction afterwards. So if they're very, very close to the nerve, then I may tread with caution and potentially not touch it if it might make things worse. Um, that being said, changing it for a reason of aesthetics is a reason to do that. Okay, so you, um, you're not going along with the FDA recommendation because I think I, I read that they said um, don't touch it until it's infected or something like that. I, I, maybe I'm misquoting, but it's something like in the, that way. Or... So there, that's true. In a way, that is true. We shouldn't touch it if there's nothing wrong with it. So the only reason we touch it is if there's a problem or if we see there's going to be a problem. So if there's a cavity on it, if like a patient, if your wife came to me and I see an amalgam filling, If there's nothing wrong with it, I won't say anything. Yeah. If I see a cavity or a fracture on the tooth, then I'll say something. You know, these metal fillings expand and contract with heat and temperature and can cause teeth to break depending on the size of the filling. So if a patient comes to me with an aesthetic concern, that being of this amalgam filling I have, it's leaching and it's turning the tooth black, that's a reason to do something. And it's not going against the FDA or CDA to remove that filling. Understand, understand. Yeah. Zircon Medical's vision, our vision is to make patent dental implant systems the standard of care in tooth replacement for dental professionals and the favorite choice of patients. 
the with the whole holistic side, I, I think this is a, a little bit of a trend also at the moment. It's a mindset shift from the patient and the dentist. They say, oh, it's not only the the we not only treat the oral um, health, we treat the the whole person. And and I read a story about that with this attraction and this mindset shifts going on with this holistic approach. There are also dentists who really use it a little bit in, in for their own profit to, to do extraction of teeth to, to profit, um, um, scare patient with some cancer stories and so on. So my question is a little bit long, long uh, um, intro to this question, but how can you, um, as a, let's say, as a, how can you position yourself as an authentic, trustworthy, um, holistic dentist um, when some some other dentist taking this topic a little bit, let's say, in the wrong direction? That's a great question. And you're 100% right, because some people do do that. There's a lot of people who are not holistic dentists and practice as they are to gain from it. So what I do differently is I will tell the patient every option they have. I'll educate them as best as possible. And I let them make the decision themselves. So they decide. Unless they say something, I won't say anything. So let's say if, it's, if there's a tooth that's infected, I'll give them all the options. And there's generally speaking, there's three options usually. Option one, do nothing. I don't normally recommend that because if there's infection, it'll get worse. Option two, root canal. There is treatment out there that can get rid of an infection and they can have the tooth. Prognosis could be anywhere from five years to 20 years. Option three, extract the tooth. I always give them those three options. We go over the pros and cons about each one. And in the end, the patient decides. Understand. And when would you recommend treatment, um, let's say, root canal treatment versus extraction? What would be, when do you recommend one or the other side? If the infection is very large, there's a lot of bone loss, and I feel like um, a root canal would not successfully treat this tooth. So if there's a lot of infection and it's really into the roots, a root canal may not give it long-term prognosis. And if the patient's going to return back, let's say in five years and have the same problem again, maybe they're better off extracting the tooth. Understand, understand. Yeah. And and then you, would you use then ceramic implants for extraction? If the patient does want an implant, yes, we would put a ceramic implant in there. So there are no titan implants in your office, in your practice? No, we don't, we don't do any titanium. We only do ceramic. I understand it. Everything else don't, don't make sense when, 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 um, for, for um, uh, you because you position yourself or your practice position yourself also as a biocompatible um, practice. So. so, And this is actually, this is what I learned. Um, the last office I was at that I was telling you, he taught me how he taught me how to place ceramic implants. And I only know how to place ceramic implants. Um, I never took a course. He just taught me um, working with him for the past two years. And that's how I know how to place these implants. Um, if I wanted to learn how to place a titanium implant, I'd have to take a course. Um, but I feel that my skills in ceramic implants are already great. And I only want to expand in my ceramic implant placement. That's, um, so you rely on fully on your strengths. So Jason, um, what are your, your, your goals for the near future? Let's say the 22, 23, maybe a little bit of 24. 
Uh, you know, I, I don't know how much detail you know about this, uh, about where I am right now, but I recently opened up this practice just in January of this year. Oh, so no, I didn't uh, know that. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. So it's been four months. Um, it's been picking up, which is nice. Um, I really enjoy that I get to set the schedule myself. So generally speaking, my days will start at 10 a.m. I like it this way because I get to spend the morning with my family and take my daughter to school. My daughter is almost three years old and my son is 11 months old. Wow. So I enjoy spending time with my family. I'll come to the office. I'll see maybe three or four patients a day. I get to leave early sometimes, spend more time with my family and then call it a day, which is very nice. Um, so I just hope things continue this way. I look forward to the practice getting more busy, but in the meantime, I enjoy my downtime with my family. That's, that's amazing. And, and do you work also Saturday? I do. I work Saturdays as well um, by appointment only. So some patients, they have difficulty coming during the week. And I'll see one to two patients on a Saturday morning um, for their convenience. Understand. I said, I do, how are your plans for, for let's say, when you, four months um, to position your practice in LA? Because LA has, there are a lot of, I, I don't know if competitor is the right word, but there are a lot of other dentists um, um, around there. So how do you, what is your marketing plan for, for, your, for your practice? That's, that's a very interesting observation. You're right, Los Angeles is one of the most densest areas in terms of dentists. There's dentists on every block, a lot of competition. I think um, there's actually the dentist right next door to me on one side and one on the other side. <laughs> um, to be honest, I've always been told, so I've been practicing for about five years now, I've always been told that my personality is my strength and the way I communicate with patients. So whenever the patients meet me and, I, and we speak and I explain to them what I want to do, I tell them my philosophies, um, we resonate very well and they really like what I have to offer, and, um, and they become patients of mine. I feel that this is because I've always disliked dentists myself growing up. I've never had a good time with the dentist. They never explained anything well to me. So I make sure to give the patient an experience that I wish I had. So that's how I plan on standing out. And just by word of mouth, once I see a patient, they have such a good experience, they're going to refer a friend or family member or write me a review. And I believe that my honesty and integrity and the way I communicate with patients really stands out well enough that more patients will come. Yes. And I really like that you, you are speaking at eye level, uh, even involving in the patient uh, in the choices so that they, they feel there because this is sometimes I miss um, from my dad. This is he, he, he does a great job, but he don't speak with me. And I, I, I never feel that I have, uh, that I'm in, in, in charge of the decision. So I, I'm, I'm always feeling like, yeah, it's getting done and it's done, but I'm never feeling there is a plan A or plan B. Uh, and, and this is really something which, which um, I would appreciate for, um, for, from a dentist that, somebody stops, speaks, say, that's plan A, that's plan B, what should we choose? This is broad, that's gone. Um, I, I really like this, this approach. I really, uh, I would also feel myself comfortable, let's say so. And that, that's how it should be. Um, there was one office that I worked at when I first started working, and I was working on a tooth. We're taking out a cavity, 
And I don't even think anyone communicated with the patient, including myself, of what's going on. How deep is this cavity? What are the chances of success? What happens if we get a pulpal exposure? I think we ended up doing a root canal on the patient, and I don't think she was given informed consent, which was very wrong, and I was very unhappy about that. There was a language barrier. She was a Spanish-speaking patient. I did not speak Spanish, and my assistant was doing translating. I don't know exactly what was said. But now, to make sure stuff like that does not happen, I'll take a photo of the tooth or the x-ray. We'll talk about everything before. I'll tell the patient the plan. And I always try and be as conservative as possible, preserving as much tooth structure as possible. And I always communicate this with the patients, either using an intraoral camera, the x-rays, or a digital scan. And, and how do you overcome these language barrier now, you know, what are your strategies to overcome these language barriers in your, in your, in, in, in your new, in your new practice? So let's say when there is a person, um, maybe a Chinese person, I don't know. And, and how do you, do, do you plan to overcome it? Um, you know, if I have a Chinese speaking person, person, that might be a little bit more difficult. Um, I know that in, in Los Angeles, there's most, it's a lot of English and Spanish speaking patients. I do have one dental assistant I've been working with for the past couple of years who speaks both English and Spanish fluently. Um, and she understands how I work and she knows how to communicate with the patients. And I trust anything I tell her to tell the patient she does properly. Um, so when it comes to Spanish speaking patients, we have that covered. Um, for other languages, I know there's some programs out there or some companies that we can get an interpreter. And that's what I would do is I'd have an interpreter and make sure the patient understands everything. Cool, cool. Jason, where can we find you? Where can we follow you offline and online? I'm on, uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, that, that's a good place to follow me. Um, I try to be as active as possible, but it's very hard running an entire dental practice and having a, fa a growing family. Um, so you can see, you can find me on Instagram at Holistic Smiles LA. Um, that's the business. Or if you want to take a look into my personal life, um, I'm also on Instagram and it's at dr.monopore. Yes, I, um, um, I really like the, the second Instagram profile because I really like this, um, the backstory. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of the backstory of, of a dentist where um, Where, where you post pictures um, around your dental practice. It's not only it's it's with your family, what you're doing. I, I really like this side. It's just, it's, it's a it's a it's a really um, good vibe side. It's, 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 it's Thank a you. Cool, really good job on this side. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it, Ben. Last question I have on my list, and um, I really like this question because I'm a back in the future fan. And so when you can travel back in time. Um, back to the day where you started um, study um, dentistry, what advice would you give your younger self, your younger Jason, with the experience you have now? What would you tell yourself? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know what? I was very fortunate when I was in dental school um, because I studied very hard. I wasn't one of those people that went out and partied a lot. I really enjoyed my studying. And I owe a great deal of thanks to one of my roommates. You know, NYU College of Dentistry has 365 students in each class, which I believe is the largest number in the nation. By comparison, I think some schools have 20 to 30 students. 
Wow. So very huge class, very competitive. Um, and I was not always the smartest person. You know, I, I started a little bit late in life um, with my education because I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. Um, my roommate, um, his name was Mike, and he was, I think, number one or number two in our class. He was very smart, very, very smart. And I'd study with him. And studying with him really brought up my grades a lot. Help me focus, help me learn as much as possible. Uh, if I can say anything to my future self, I mean, it would probably be study more, um, learn as much as I can. Um, I want to say I did that. I guess if I can tell anything to my future self, it would be start sooner. <laughs> yeah, just start everything sooner. I'm really happy with where I am now. And the only thing I wish I could have done was started this sooner. Um, I think it was Jim Rohn who, who said you are, uh, you get, you, you will be the average of the five per nearest person in your environment or something like that. So yeah, that when you have so a true. mic, when you have right. a mic, for example, it raises your bar no matter what. So do you know what Mike do, does now? Do you have any? Yeah, he's, the dent he's a dentist also. And he's in, I think he's in, I haven't spoken to him in a while. I think he's in Toronto. He's in, he's in Canada somewhere, I think. Or maybe he's in Miami. I'm not sure. I need to follow up with him. I miss Mike. Perfect, perfect. So, um, Jason, thank you very much for, for your time, for your podcast. And you, um, you make it so easy for me because you are really, your personality, I, I, I love talking to you. Thank you for, um, and I wish you all the best with your, Yeah, with your, with your um, let's say, with your startup, I would say, with your entrepreneurship, uh, with your dental practice, and also with your growing family. I wish you all the best. And maybe we can see each other once when um, we are in, in America. I think it will be the beginning of next year. And maybe there is an event near to you. I will give you a call. Um, yeah, that'll be great. I look forward to that. Thanks, Jason, for, for taking your time. Then uh, I wish you all the best and, um, and bye to you. Thank you, Ben. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you want to find out more about how Circum Medical can help you transform and grow your dental practice, then visit us under mypattern.com and stay tuned. <laughs>